you know, it's funny the stuff you learn when you're not trying. <laughs> so being on tour and being out in front of people, that's the experience that you can't just come into Nashville with that with that mentality. You have to gain that experience. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, this is Bree Noble, and you are tuned in to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast, where we help you learn to make great music, to connect with your audience, and to grow your business. And this interview, I know, is going to help you with that. I'm interviewing Barry Lee. She's a young artist, and she's got a lot to say on how to move your career from being young and clueless into kind of coming into her own with her first full-length album and touring constantly. And one major thing we talk about on this interview is how mentors have helped her and, you know, getting from basically knowing nothing about the music business to where she is today. And so in relation to mentors, I just wanted to mention that the Female Musician Academy, which I've started, is a great place to find mentors. It's a great place to learn from artists that are maybe a little bit ahead of you on the path and to just get some support from other artists so you feel like you're not alone, and also to learn from the experts that we bring in on expert webinars, and to get some feedback from me on maybe things that you're frustrated with or you need help with in your music business. So check that out at femalemusicianacademy.com, or you can go to femusician.com and grab our free resource 19 proven sources of income that you probably haven't considered, and you'll get a special offer for the Female Musician Academy. Also, if you want to try out the Female Musician Academy for a month for free, then I suggest that you go to iTunes and you give us a written review because we choose one person a month randomly from the reviews that we get to get a free month of the Female Musician Academy. So go to iTunes, wherever you're listening, and go to the ratings and reviews section. If you're on a mobile device, you need to search for us in the search section and go to the podcast. Then next to details, it says ratings and reviews. Click on that and then go ahead and write a review and make sure to leave some information about who you are so we can get in contact with you when you win. If you don't have any information in there, then we do announce it on one of our episodes at the beginning of the month. So make sure to keep listening and maybe we'll draw your name. Now to my interview with Barry Lee. Here's a little information about her. Boldness can take many forms. On the one hand, it can mean brazen, fearless, assured. On the other hand, sensitive, intimate, authentic. Nashville singer-songwriter Barry Lee uniquely understands and embraces this duality. And it's at the heart of what her debut album, Tonight I'm Unchained, is all about. So that's a little bit about Barry Lee. Barry, can you tell us, is there anything that's not in your bio that's a little more personal that we would want to know about you? Well, I am a huge travel enthusiast and I love being on tour. So this works out really well for my career. 
Um, I, I love traveling. I love animals. I'm a hardcore animal advocate and I just, I don't know. I'm sorry. My brain is not. (laughs) Yeah. We need to preface this with the fact that she just had a flood in her apartment. (laughs) So she's like, you know, the fact that she's on this interview right now is pretty amazing considering what's going on. But, um, yeah, you know, I don't know what it is about musicians and animals, but I have so many interviews that are like, Oh, I love animals or I'm a huge, you know, um, proponent of, of dogs and, you know, and, and saving dogs and stuff. So I, I don't know what it is about music and animals and which is weird. Cause I'm really not an animal enthusiast, but most people I talk to are, I think what it is, is if you're an artist, you're sensitive or at least more sensitive than the average bear. So I think you care more about <laughs> animals and babies and things that can't stand up for themselves. <laughs> That's a good point. So how did you get started in, in music? Well, I started playing guitar when I was 13, but I actually started writing songs at seven. And my mom didn't know what to do with that. So she was like, why don't you just play an instrument? And I mean, I've been playing piano. I taught myself piano at four and I taught myself guitar at 13. So music has always been around, but I didn't really channel it until I was about 13. That's amazing. So you completely taught yourself all instruments. Yep. You never took a lesson. <laughs> I took violin lessons, but I was horrible at that. So I gave it up. <laughs> I think my mom made me give it up before I decided. <laughs> I know. I remember doing the violin in the fourth grade and like, you just don't have the patience to get through the time period where you sound so terrible that you hurt everyone's ears. It's so hard to get good at the violin. <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, you can play a few chords on the guitar and people go, Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I play, I play three chords. <laughs> Not with a violin. I think you play more than three chords. <laughs> so, do you consider yourself a full time musician? Are you making pretty much all of your your income and paying your bills with music right now, or do you have some kind of supplement? I actually am right now. For the last year and a half, I've been touring full time, so I'm able to pay my bills. Luckily, but it has been it's not an easy road. I would not say go out and tour because you'll have a great life. (laughs) It's not easy, but it is really worthwhile and you get to meet new fans and it's a great way to make money while doing what you love. I think that's true. I mean, you certainly don't tour because you think you're going to have this, like the life of fame and fortune. I mean, touring (laughs) is, is a slog, I think for independent artists, but it, some people, you know, people do it because they're just compelled like their passion is driving them. Yes, and I think that's you. Definitely. I can't imagine doing anything else. And there's really nothing. I like a lot of different things, but there's nothing that touches my heart like music does. I now, did you have like a, a, a job that you kind of had to do until you got full time into the music? I have worked just about every job you could imagine. I was My first job was Jiffy Lube. My second job was Spencer's. <laughs> I've worked in every tanning salon and hair salon from Maryland to California. I've worked in doctor's offices. I've done everything. But Wow. And and none of them made you say, oh, I want to do this for my career. Oh, gosh, no. It was always music. Yeah, it was always to supplement my income so I could do music all time. So how did you transition into the place where you could tour full time and support yourself that way? I started working with ECR about, I'd say, five or six years ago. And they really took me under their wing. ECR, if you don't know, is Engine Company Records, and they're based out of New York. And they're my pa- okay. I never knew it stood for Engine Company yes, Records. Engine I- Company Records. And uh, that's cool. Yeah, they had their ten year reunion about two years ago and changed it up, and it's awesome. They're such a great company, and I met my booking agents through them, and 
it's pretty much been since we started working together, I've been booked nonstop. And of course, in the beginning, it's slower, but it definitely has picked up to playing three, four days a week now. And it's great. Wow, that's great. Yeah. So what do you know now that you wish you would have known when you first started trying to do music? And how, how do you think you've learned from that? I would have probably told myself if I could go back in time to just calm down <laughs> because I <laughs> am one of those people. You can ask Blake, the owner of Engine Company. He, uh, he tells me that I work too hard because I'm constantly going. All my gears are constantly turning. And I'm like, what can I do now? What can I do now? So I moved to Nashville with that idea that I just have to take over and I have to do everything. And, you know, it's funny, the stuff you learn when you're not trying. <laughs> so being on tour and being out in front of people, that's the experience that you can't just come into Nashville with that, with that mentality. You have to gain that experience. That's so true. I mean, I think I remember back to when I was going to get an MBA and you know, I, I got accepted to several schools, but then a couple other schools said, you know what, we want people to go out and have job experience before we accept you as an MBA. And I was really irritated with that at the time, but I did go out and get my job experience. And what's funny is once I um, got my job experience and I ended up basically having the perfect job in arts management that I would have wanted anyway with my MBA, yeah. I didn't go get my MBA. So it's like, I got the experience of hard knocks, which is really what I needed versus that, that whole education thing sometimes. Right. Wow. So can you tell us about a mentor? I mean, obviously you can tell us a little bit about Blake. He's clearly a mentor to you. And if there are any other mentors that have helped you along the way, Blake has been such a huge part of my life for the last five or six years to the point where I don't know where I'd be without him. Like I, I had no knowledge of the music industry. We went into it, my mom and I, you know, with our little notebooks and we, we had no idea which way was up. And Blake was like, all right, here's all the things that we need to do. And here's all the things that you did wrong. So let's fix them. And he fixed <laughs> everything. And I mean, he's, he's literally been my mentor for the last five or six years. I don't know where I'd be without him. What's an example of something you did wrong that he had to fix? I somehow uploaded my music to iTunes twice and it was on every other site twice. I think I went through TuneCore the wrong way. I don't know what I did, but it was terrible and everything was a mess. And if you typed in Barry Lee, you got God knows what. <laughs> I mean, it was all over the place. And Blake made everything really orderly and very concise. So when you saw my bio on this website, it was the same as the other website and my pictures were the same and everything was the same. So you have to have that constant uniform look to all of your stuff when you're on social media. And Blake is really good at that. And on Absolutely. top of it, he just, mm. he's really good at motivating me and, you know, he's good at getting me to calm down and he's, he's just really guided me from the moment I met him. It's been a good relationship. <laughs> That's great. That's, that sounds like the perfect fit there. Oh yeah. Awesome. So what do you believe is something about you that makes you unique that maybe makes you stand out from other artists? I think I'm a pretty gritty girl. I don't know if that if that's politically correct, but I'm Blake calls me honey and gravel because one minute I'm, you know, super sweet and then the next I'm ready to throw down in a bar if you're talking about myself. So it's just I think all those levels of who I am as a person translates into who I am as an artist. And I think that makes me different because I'm I am so many different things. I'm not just the blonde, tan country singer or the 
you know, guy with the chain wallet, you know, like I have so many different levels to my personality and to my music. So I think it, it's true because I think <laughs> if people see your picture, they might not expect the kind of music that you do. <laughs> you know, you are really like gritty, like bluesy. Um, but you can do the softer side too. And I remember your first, I don't know if it was your first album, but the first song I heard from you was much more like a little bit pop-ish. Yes. And now you're kind of more into that. You're maybe more coming into your own as an artist. Totally. The last EP that I recorded was in LA and I worked with some people that had some experience in the music industry and they had really great connections and we just worked really well together. So we recorded an EP to pretty much showcase what we could do. And then that took off somehow. And then now this album, this is my first full length album. And this is genuinely who I am as a person on one album. That makes sense. I mean, the, the stuff I heard at first that attracted me to you, that was really good. But it was a little more singer songwriter pop versus what you're doing now, which is a little more edgy, bluesy. Definitely. And I was know, also kind of more attitude. Yeah. And I was a teenager when I did that. And now I'm in my 20s. And I feel like life has changed so much that it's easy to write from experience now. That's true. When you're young, you don't have a lot of experiences to write about. Exactly. Yet. At least that are going to be universal. Yeah, you know, nothing you, you can, can write, write about, about your, your high school friends and, you know. Yeah. Exactly. So what has been the most mind-blowing experience that you've had? Maybe a venue that you got to play in front of a huge audience or an award that you've gotten or working with certain industry pros? So far, the greatest thing that has ever happened to me was being on Entertainment Tonight. It was the coolest experience. I had never done anything like that. I'd never been on TV before. And I felt like a rock star for five minutes. It was pretty cool. <laughs> that is cool. How, how did you get that gig? Um, my aunt knew someone at CBS and she was a fantastic woman. She was an executive producer there for years and years. And she heard my music and she really liked it. And she offered me a time slot on entertainment tonight. Wow. And so how much coverage did you get? They did a full interview and they recorded part of one of my songs, but they did the full interview and that was on TV. And right after they showed Taylor Swift and Carrie Underwood. So it was pretty cool. <sighs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> like, I'll hang out with good company. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So tell us about what's your most, I mean, your most recent project obviously is your album Tonight I'm Unchained. And is there anything else coming down the pike that you're doing? And what are you doing to promote the album that you have out now? There are a lot of exciting things coming up. Some that I can't say yet, but some uh, I'm actually working with a new press company and they're PR wizards. So I'm really excited to work on some new projects with them. And basically right now the album isn't even a year old yet. My album release party was like nine months ago or something. So we're still definitely focusing on this album, but we have a little tricks, a few tricks up our sleeve. Cool. I can't wait to see what happens with that. And obviously you're constantly touring, right? Yes. I'm on tour about three to four days a week. Um, I have a show tonight, show tomorrow, show Saturday, and then I'm in North Carolina all next week. Wow. So there's enough venues to play locally near Nashville that you can do a lot close to home. Yeah. Usually I'll do shows if they're within four hours of Nashville. I'll just do like weekend warrior shows where you go out and come home and go out and come home. And, um, and right now, you know, going to North Carolina, normally I wouldn't do that for one show, but my family's out there right now. So we're having a little family reunion at the same time. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it worked out really well. 
So what have you found um, is the best way for you to find new fans, like either online or, you know, to promote yourself to get new people interested in your music? I think social media is the greatest thing to happen in music ever because you're basically you're putting one song online for the entire world to hear or you're putting an album online for the entire world to hear. And you have like for me on Spotify, I have 62,000 spins or 63,000 spins. I never would have had that without social media. You have to just constantly promote yourself. And that way people in China and people in Germany can hear your music. And it's very helpful. Do you think that those Spotify listeners actually translate into people buying? Is there any way to track that? Definitely. Um, you get reports from Spotify, but then a lot of the time I've noticed when my spins go up on Spotify, so do my numbers on iTunes. Mm. So that's been really good. And uh, I mean, yeah, just constantly communicating with people outside of your bubble is a very good way to get fans because, you know, with Instagram, you have hashtags and stuff where you're bringing people in. So people that are looking for new music or top 40 art, whatever they're looking for, you can put that in and look for it and find music in a totally different country. That is true. And you are really good at social media. Like every time I put something out about you being on the podcast, you are always like all over (laughs) retweeting it right away and, and, you know, writing new tweets about it. And do you do that all yourself? I do. Um, Blake helps me with my, with my e-blast, like via email, but, um, everything else I've been pretty consistent with. Sometimes he'll say, Hey, talk about this. And then I'll tweet about it or post about it. But yeah, like 99% of the time it's me. How much time do you think you spend on social media every day? Way too much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Actually promoting yourself. (laughs) Actually promoting myself. Uh, honestly, way too much. I'm on there probably, gosh, altogether, probably like from the moment I wake up until the moment I go to sleep, I'm constantly retweeting and liking and, you know, just doing whatever it takes to be seen. Wow. That's what it's about. Unfortunately, it's just constantly in everyone's face. It is. And, you know, I got to the point where I had to hire an assistant to help me with that. You know, I help her know what to tweet and stuff, but it's just so much to keep up with. It is. And I've been lucky enough to have people touring with me for the most part. So I'm able to do all the social media stuff while they're driving or, you know, if we stop, but from here on out, it's pretty much just me. So it's fun balancing everything and trying to be able to do everything that, you know, you have to do. Like social media is one of the things I know I have to do every day because the second you stop doing it, then somebody else is doing it more. That's true. And that's a good point. Having other people driving and stuff. Oh yeah. Up your time. Definitely. That makes it much better to go four hours away to a show if you actually have that time in the car to get some work done. Exactly. That's that's a great idea. So can you tell us about your streams of income in general? Like what, you know, what, how much comes from shows and how much comes from CD sales? And are you selling CDs at your shows or are you getting good sales online? And then, you know, are you getting any licensing and royalty checks? Yeah, I um I have a little income coming in from like iTunes and Spotify and you know, all the stations that play music, but um for the most part my income is touring. I mean, there's only so many ways to make money unfortunately in the music industry, so you have to be creative. And I feel like touring really has been my main source, but um I've had a little bit of success in licensing. I had my two songs on the Bad Girls Club and we're working on this album, so we'll see. 
That's cool. So uh, at your events, do you sell a lot of merch there? I do. Um, I only have CDs right now for sale. We had stickers and we had other things, but right now I'm just trying to push the CD and then we'll work on some other things. But um, I usually sell between five and 10 CDs minimum per show, sometimes up to 25, sometimes 50. It just depends on where we're playing. But And what do you, what do you sell them for? Is it like $15 or? For my 10 songs, I'll sell them for $10. Okay. Yeah. That's really nice. Like I, I used to sell mine for 15, but then I would always do like buy two for 25, buy three for, you know, it was like, I forget what it was, two for 25, three for 35 and four for 40 or something like that, yeah. you know. That's honestly, people usually just have 20s when they come up. So it's just easier for me to say it's 10. There you go. But yeah, I think anything you can do to make your merchandise more appealing is a good thing. So if you do a deal I, like that, that's great. I think you really need to have a Tonight I'm Unchained t-shirt. I mean, that just that's to me that screams t-shirt, oh, like I just the one. name of that album. <laughs> Thank you. you. You need one. It's a great kind of a great like slogan or saying. I know that's the next thing we're working on is what kind of merch we need to start pushing. <laughs> I think koozies because everybody likes beer at our shows, apparently. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. <laughs> that would. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And you play a lot of bars and stuff. Yeah, so. exactly. And, and festivals where people are drinking beer and, you know. People are pretty much always drunk when they come see me. So. Oh. <laughs> That's my selling point. We have koozies. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I wouldn't put that out anywhere no, if I'm I were you. Kidding. <laughs> so what tool, it sounds like social media may be the answer to this, but what tool do you think has been most critical to move you forward in your career? Honestly, I think this album because I was mm. stuck in place. I was kind of treading water for so long, trying to figure out how to get this album done just so that I could have some momentum. Cause you feel like you're stuck in place. Like there's nothing you can do without music. So I, I mean, that's not true for everybody. You can do videos and stuff, but for me, I needed an album. And I feel like once this album came out, the whole world changed. It was like everything around me changed. People started noticing, people started really appreciating the songs and the writing. And it just, it went from who's Barry to, oh, wow, this girl actually knows what she's doing. And now I feel like I have more credibility with that album. Yeah, a full length album can really do that for you, I think. So I actually remember finding you on oh, Airplay yes. Direct. And I was curious what your experience with Airplay Direct was. I think you're still promoting there. Is that how, are you, have you been investing in in doing promotion there and what kind of results have you had with radio and other people? I did initially, actually. Um, we went to Airplay Direct again for the second time. The first time was with my EP and they were just such wonderful people to work with. And we had radios in the Netherlands, radio stations in the Netherlands telling me that they were listening to my music and people in Germany saying they were listening to my music. So it was really cool. Um, so we wanted to do that again, just so we could get the music out and we figured we'll do one campaign we'll see how it goes and then I won a contest that they were holding so they extended my uh banner which was really cool that's cool so is it one of those like uh, kind of like an artist of the month kind of thing that they yeah run? they'd kind of just uh, put you out there in front of everybody again for another cycle so it's it's really nice of them to do that and it seems like they really care about their artists which is really good that's what That's we want. Cool. More yeah. people caring about artists. Absolutely. Yeah. I love working <laughs> with them. They're great. So do you have a book that you can recommend either for the music business or songwriting 
or maybe even like personal development that has really helped you? Yeah. Um, you know, my mom is a big believer in buying every book that you can on any music industry topic. So whether it's songwriting or, you know, music business or music management, she was on top of that. But for me, I Googled everything, anything that I could find, I Googled it, whether it was, you know, how to talk to other songwriters or how to introduce yourself, what, what's an elevator pitch, you know, just all these little things that you don't normally think about until you have to be in that situation where you need an elevator pitch or, you know, you're trying to promote yourself to someone and Google has everything. Google has the speeches. Google has, you know, how to shake hands proper. I mean, anything you need, it's on there. <laughs> so that's been a huge yeah. tool for me. That's a good point. And I, you know, we work really hard at the podcast. We have our show notes and we try to make them keyword friendly. So hopefully people that are Googling, you know, how do I get a record deal are going to bring up the, you know, the conversation that I had with somebody about what it takes to get a record deal because she worked at Warner brothers for 28 years, you know? Right. So I think Google is great. And, you know, those of us who have content are hoping that people are using Google. Yeah, it really helps. And you're able to find anything you need. Like I could find you guys on there. <laughs> That's it's true. Perfect. I guess what I wonder is like, what if you're so new that you don't even know what questions to ask? That you know? was, yeah, that was definitely my issue when I started. I didn't know what questions to ask. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that I had to play and I knew I had to meet people and get better at that part. So I just went on Google and I said, venues with live music with open mic nights and then I started going to open mic nights and then I started working with a friend of mine who was a really talented musician so he started backing me up for a few shows and I eventually built my confidence but you know I was the same way I had no idea which way I was supposed to go and I didn't have anybody guiding me really when I first started so yeah I think that's where ground up <laughs> that's where a mentor really comes in because, you know, once you met Blake and you got some of your stuff in order, then I think you had more experience to kind of know what questions to Google. Exactly. And Blake is my Google now. I just tell him, what does this mean? (laughs) Yes. I, I, I cannot stress enough on this podcast, how important mentors are and how important, you know, even if you can't find a mentor, if you can find a group of people that have done some of the things that you want to do, than yes. just getting advice from them, you know? Exactly. I, I followed uh, this Southern rock band that an ex-boyfriend of mine was in, actually. And we kept in touch and I would ask some questions and I asked them how they pitch themselves. And I asked them, you know, how do I email an owner? How do I make myself sound presentable? And they really, really took me under their wing. And then Blake, it was just game over. <laughs> he knows <Yeah>. everything. <laughs> That's awesome. So we are almost finished with this interview. I can't believe how fast the time usually goes. I know. But I want you to let people know how to contact you, how to find your music online, and how to get in touch with you on social media. You can find me on, well, you can go to www.barrylee.com or you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash B-A-R-I-L-E-I-G-H music. Or you can find me on Twitter, Instagram. It's all Barely Music. Great. Yeah, that's that's great when you can get all those handles the same. Yes, it helps. (laughs) It's it's sometimes hard to do. Well, you think Barely would be easier, but (laughs) it's not. Well, you'd think. I mean, apparently there's another Barely. That's why you couldn't get Barely. There is. You had to get Barely Music. 
<laughs> wow. Well, I think the same thing about Brie Noble. And I ended up having to get Brie Noble music on certain things. Yeah, because... you think there would only be one Brie Noble. It's such a unique yeah, name. It really is. <laughs> I love it, though. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I love your name, too. Where, where did your mom come up with that name? My great-grandfather was Benjamin, so she wanted a name starting with a B. And then all the women on our family have four-letter names ending in an I. So oh. it's kind of a theme. <laughs> Four-letter name ending in an I starting with a B was pretty limited. So it was either Barry, Bobby, or Billy. <laughs> yeah. I think I like Barry. I'm okay with Barry. <laughs> I don't I don't think you could do Billy with one with I four could letters. Pull off Billy or Bobby. I do rock plaid, but I don't know if that's <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Well, it's been great talking to you. Thanks so much for taking this time out and um I look forward to our listeners learning all the things that you have gone through. I mean, it's great to hear your journey from just really being a clueless teenager yep. to where you are now. It's, <laughs> it's really awesome. So Thank thanks so, so much. much. Thank you for having me. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com with editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.